Okay, week one is in the books. Welcome in. We are the Churn Fantasy Football Podcast on Twitter at the Churn FF. Sitting alongside me tonight, and as always, Connor Boddington at Connor Bods underscore FF. I am the commish and the co-host at JD Fran fourteen. Welcome in. Week one is in the books. How are you doing tonight? So the Giants have yet to have a winning record since 2017. That streak continues. Um, they're they're 0 1. I lost in all my fantasy leagues except for two, but one of them is Butter Association, the namesake for the podcast. So I'll take that one. That one means a little bit more. But I've had better weekends. I finished in the plus by two dollars on FanDuel, so I, I guess I'll count that as a win as well. Uh, but overall, I mean, big big weekend for your boys in Baby Blue pulling out that uh, nice win against the uh, the football team there. Good game against a good football team, no pun intended, on the road in D.C. to start off week one. For those of you that are just joining us this year, this is year two of the churn, and typically our episodes start off like this. I ask Connor how he's doing. We get right into Giants football. It wasn't was a great lose. season last year. Chargers football wasn't a great season last year. I think one of us, at least one of us, should have a good time. And we know the bandwagon is is open for business if things pan out. I think we should get right into business. Week one is over, but we just had a trade pre-pod in the war room. And I'm going to tell you why. I've never seen the icons in Sleeper populate at such a rapid pace in the chat box. And, And what I'm saying, populate, like... People came out of their cages and their homes. People were really like digging in. This was the biggest and the largest backlash I've ever seen in a dynasty trade. I think in three years, let's talk about it. What were your thoughts? Break down the trade, give the trade, and then let's dive in and skewer it ruthlessly. Okay. So for anyone who does not know about the war room, this is a 16 team. Super flex, three flex, tight end premium league. This is like just a monster, like just a beast of a league to be in. Um, we'll, we'll probably hit on some of the difficulties some teams are facing a little bit later. But we got Cooper Cup being traded for DK Metcalf. Now, on top of Cooper Cup going to DK Metcalf, there was a 2022 first rounder, a 2023 first rounder, and a 2024 first round pick traded on top of Cooper Cup for DK Metcalf. If you told me Cooper Cup and a first round pick for DK Metcalf, I'd be like, okay, two first round picks, maybe a bit of an overpay, but go get your guy. Three first round picks, I felt like it was a lot. My, you said, um, in the chat, I said, bro, what? That was my immediate reaction. You and I were on, we're doing our pre show together when this happened and it just completely threw us off of what we were working on. Uh, we have our nice Google doc that we put together and we looked away from that for probably about 10, 15 minutes while we're just trying to wrap our heads around this trade. Sell me on this trade right now. You be, you be the side getting DK Metcalf and you talk me into why you just did this trade. If you can. Jeez, this is like mock, sales training at indeed.com um all right well mr customer i really like that dk metcalf shiny toy that toy that you have 
He's only no, no, 23. No, no. I'm selling. I'm selling. Uh, no, I'm buying DK Metcalf. Yeah. Me- yeah. Metcalf. Okay. Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> All right, Connor. What's it going to take for DK Metcalf? Uh, well, it's going to take everything that you own and every first round pick that you have. Done deal. Yep. So, okay. Where where does this work? I mean, at this point, right? I am big Cooper Cup guy. Twenty twenty one. Have been. I have my Matt Stafford MVP bets in. Cooper Cup is one of those guys that I think could finish top 10 at the position. Obviously, DK Metcalf can too, but what's the difference between a DK Metcalf and a a Cooper Cup on a daily basis? It's it's really not – it's not big. I I think that they're – he's a bigger player physically. We we know that. That's a fact of – I think he's a better player too, and he's five years younger. So, look – You think Metcalf's a better – player football player than Cooper cup. I probably disagree. Yeah. I think now I understand. I I get one and have DK on your team. I mean, there's a reason why, what was he? The second or third wide receiver off the board in this league. I felt like he went um, like pretty early. I mean, he's going off right now as like a top. What is he? A top five dynasty wide receiver, top seven. Like, I understand wanting Cooper Cup. I mean, sorry, I understand wanting DK Metcalf, Cooper Cup, a little bit older. Maybe you're like, hey, let me sell high now with Stafford. Don't think that's going to happen. I think Cooper Cup will continue to be relevant here for another couple of years, but I understand the allure of DK Metcalf. Also, have you seen him? Dude's a freak. He's a freak athlete. He's going to need to run more than up and down, up and down the field. Cooper Cup can do anything. Now, here's where it gets tricky. It's week one, week one of the war room. Injuries can happen. You need as many players as possible on your team. You need draft picks in this league for the next year. It's like you should be building, laying some sort of foundation in a 16-team league to gather as many assets as possible. I don't think he necessarily improved his team too much. And now, like, you're mortgaging the future. So what are you, what is your expectation? Is you need to finish. He has to win. Four. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, you have to win. Yeah. Because what does that do that makes those picks, what, the 16th overall pick in some drafts? And obviously, it's going to scale with variance there. But uh, this is just, it's a little odd to me. This one, depending on where he finishes in 2021, is going to sting a little bit. I, I don't see a positive outcome here unless he puts up the best fantasy football season we've ever seen. Um, I don't know. Get your guy. I'm all for getting your guy. If his picks aren't really high value, it might be worth it. Yeah, I will it say Jake did just he he. I mean, I know it's only been one week, but he did just put up the second highest score. He put up 178. He had a pretty pretty big week. Now, have you looked at his team and like how his roster right now is currently constructed? Uh, break it down for me. Quarterback one, Ryan Tannehill who is 33 quarterback two, Jimmy Garoppolo, who knows how much longer he's going to be starting. And then his other quarterbacks are Brissett and PJ Walker. Now he does have, he has Dalvin cook. He has Alvin Kamara. He has Chris Godwin. Now he's DK Metcalf, Amari Cooper. Like his team is very, very good. I, I mean, you know me, I overvalue quarterbacks and super flex probably to a fault, but I think in this format, especially like it's very difficult to get starting quarterbacks. And I mean, first round picks are your best asset for doing that and think that he may have hurt himself. I mean, he did hurt himself in the long run when it comes to getting another quarterback, just because I'm not super sold on those two long-term, but 
I mean, he his roster is legit. Like it, it, the Cook, Kamara, Godwin stack with DK and Cooper, like that team could, like that could be a championship level team, as long as Jimmy G is starting all season. Yeah, big if there because his bench yeah. is really not that pretty. I mean, he's got That's, Slayton It's just on good that. to have like, some fireworks. It's good yeah. to have fireworks. It's going to – here. I don't actually think it hurts the trade market. Competitive players will still be valuing their core assets and key assets correctly. I think it's going to provide a little bit of a shockwave. It lets people know, hey, business is open. I don't think we tank the market here on this trade. I know you're a little bit worried about that. Um, I, I think that more competitive and more seasoned dynasty players are going to shrug this one off and say, eh, not my speed, not what I would have done. I'm still going to approach trading the same way I do day in, day out. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking here. I mean, if that's what DK Metcalf went for, it's like, if you're looking to get a quarterback right now, why wouldn't you ask for like, you got to tell me, Hey, I need a player in three first round picks to consider trading away a starting quarterback. I think that that's fair just value. About. Yeah. I know it is. It's yeah. just like, I think right now, if you're looking to buy a quarterback, it's going to be expensive. Um, but I mean, we've seen it. My team, you get a couple injuries and all of a sudden your season's like done. Like you could just kind of put a pin in it. Like I don't, I made the team name change to worst team ever for anyone who doesn't know. I've made this. Have I talked about the name change? Let's hear, let's, let's dive in the worst team ever. Yeah. So this started back in, uh, 2016, I think, give or take. This is back in Butter Association. Um, my team was really, really bad. I switched the team name to worst team ever, question mark, and my team went on a run, made the championship, and I believe won that year. And next year, I did the same move, ended up getting hot, making the playoffs. And I've consistently used that in my back pocket. Is like, hey, if I, if I change the name, my team will get hot and win stuff. Um, but it hasn't, uh, I don't think that's going to happen here in war room. It's also now it's just my, my team names for everything is just worst team ever. I don't know why it's just stuck. And I, I'm not really going to change it at this point. It's the brand. It really is. Yeah. For the brand. I'm not but yeah, so, drunk, but I am drunk JD. Yeah. Always uh, JD. Oh, wow. We got to cool off after. I mean, that trade is it really reverberated through. Pre-pod, get on pod, change up the segment. We're going right into trade talk. Let's recap very quickly. We talked Giants football a little bit. We talked Chargers football, big win for them. Anything stick out to you this week that needs to be highlighted? It was an interesting slate, kind of a tricky slate to navigate. Uh, Fantasy-wise, DFS-wise, things were extremely difficult. Um, anything that you saw that you, you got to make sure that you get out there into open space. Yeah. I don't think the Packers are as bad as they look this weekend, but I do think the saints may be as good as they look, if that makes sense. Um, I think the Jaguars are going to stink. How long do you think urban Meyer is going to be coaching the Jags? Uh, eight weeks, eight weeks. Okay. You're not even giving them the full season. I was going to say, I'll give them, I don't know. I mean, whenever USC is looking to fill their job, I think that's probably going to be Urban Meyer. Um, I also think the Lions are going to be annoying for teams, uh, for guys who are betting against them. 
that the way how they covered that game was uh, pretty crazy. The fact that they came back from down 38 to 10 to cover eight and a half is uh, pretty ridiculous. Um, and yeah, I think the Broncos are going to be good. Right? That's uh, obviously I watch them a little bit more closely being against the Giants. I, I think Teddy is the guy who they needed. And I know we've talked about it. He looked great. <laughs> like he looked really, really good on Sunday. Um, I know we'll get into this a little bit later, but obviously Judy injury. I think Tim Patrick is a guy who we need to try to kind of go after guy. We need to be targeting right now. Yeah. Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler. He has that deep ball threat. Tim Patrick's a move the chain guy. Um, he's definitely going to be a reception type guy. I think yeah. KJ Hamler is going to be someone who could open up the, the offense for them. Still Judy hurts. He was moving the football he was wide open and teddy is laser accurate i've been talking about teddy preseason all offseason i had him pegged to win that job over drew lock he's just a better quarterback and they're a good football team he has got clean pockets and he's hitting pretty much every throw right now that's good for him yeah and watching that game obviously i was watching that one a little bit more closely than all the other games this weekend, but every single uh, time they were going to snap the ball, the play clock was under five seconds. Anytime they were in third and five or shorter, just he would convert it every single time. Like it was super frustrating as a fan of the other team watching him because I'm like, this guy is just playing the perfect brand of football for the Broncos. Sure. And they have a good defense, their run game. The run game, I think, is going to annoy people because I think Melvin Gordon is going to get more carries than people want, but not enough for people to be happy, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because Javante looked better, but obviously Melvin Gordon had the 70-yard run. So yeah. I don't see that not, happening yeah. much. No, but they're not. But they're never going to go away from him. So. Oh, no. Agreed. Agreed. And they shouldn't. 100%. couple quick hitters for me. Steelers came to play. I thought Josh Allen was going to be a laser rifle week one um, Falcons stink. Oh, they Chiefs, stink. You can't bury the chiefs. Doesn't matter what lead you have. They're way too, they're way too good. They're way too good yeah. offensively. Um, last but not least Cardinals. Come on. 38, 13 on the road in Nashville. Kyler. He is the most exciting quarterback in football right now agreed i that dude that um that first down he had on that pass to rondale moore oh my god <laughs> oh my god when he hit the when he hit the uh the juke step yeah he went backwards I, if no, someone no, does that, was... that to you in madden if someone did that to me in madden my controller is going through the going through the window you played the madden bullshit yeah no, i'm just like this life. is not i was like this is not real but oh. we've seen it now kyle when Kyler is healthy and good, my God, he is the most fun quarterback to watch. Um, yeah, when his shoulder's healthy and he moves around. Yeah. You know what I mean, it, that's that's big for him. He's got to have that comfortability and that confidence in his health. They looked and, good, though. Yeah. They looked Chandler good. Rondell Jones. Moore looking good. Yeah. Chandler Jones, looking. five sacks. That's game-breaking right there. That is yeah. ga- game-breaking. Uh, Julio, the timing's off with Tannehill. He's not opening up things for AJ, AJB yet. They're going to take time. That is going to be a late-blooming offense when you add a piece like him. And then you um, also take away Arthur Smith. Yeah, 100%. Even though he 
<laughs> Falcons stink. Surprise, surprise. How about Joe Burrow and the Bengals getting a win at home up in front of their crowd? We had the Vikings plus we had the Vikings minus two. And that was half. my lock. Yeah, that was my lock of the week. That's okay. Junior reps in the betting arena. You know, yeah. it, it's going to take time to get them right. You should have seen it coming. Um, overall, definitely tricky slate. I mean, 74 from the Niners and the Lions. You're not going to expect that to be the game breaking DFS slate for games. Um, I, I had a lot of fun watching. Football's we're two sleeps away. We're going to get right back into it. We got giants and we got football team who mm-hmm. just lost Fitz. He old man Fitz popped his hip out. That's got to be very painful. I mean, it went back in too. Oh, okay. Next segment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God oh. almighty. All right. Let's, uh, let's dive in. A lot of overreactions, a lot of underreactions. Let's go right to something or nothing. Fantasy football, week one. Give me a name. I think we need to start with Brandon Ayuk, who has been a guy who we have really been looking forward to and have been really high on this offseason. Um, zero targets this weekend. Didn't play at all in the first quarter. Is this something or is it nothing? I think it's something. I, th- I think this is something to be worried about. I just, I'm really concerned and, oh boy, here we go. Another trade live on the pod, War Room. Sorry, we had breaking news just come in again. Anyways, Brandon Ayuk, I'm worried about the beat reporters talking about him needing to be a pro. Not game, I don't know, not pro ready after a year. I mean, this is a guy that in his in the prime of year one was averaging 17 points per game fantasy. And Trent Sherfield was the starter along um on the other side of Debo Samuel. If I can get Connor to drop, if I can get him to put his his jaws on the ground, this is live on the pod. We just had another trade war room happen. What what do you want to cover first? We have breaking news, we have trades going through, and we have Brandon Ayuk. Pick your poison. Uh, hold on. So Brandon Ayuk, I personally am not concerned yet. Um, I know you and I have talked about, hey, the panic button and where we're at with it. I think that I have removed the lid off the panic button. My hand isn't over it yet. I haven't hit it. But I do think there's a little reason for concern for the points you just brought up. But at the same time, I really feel like the Niners are treating this like how Alabama treats week one when they're playing South Carolina state or when they're playing like one of these FCS schools who just come in and they're expecting to blow them out. The only difference is is that the Lions are an NFL team who just want to bite off kneecaps and Kyle Shanahan, I think potentially got cute. Now, if we're talking after week two, if we're talking after this game this weekend and they get the same type of thing where Sherfield is going ahead of them and we're not seeing a ton of targets for Ayuk, then yes, I am officially concerned. Um, we've seen Shanahan do this before. He did this with my boy, Dante Pettis, where he just will all of a sudden just not like a guy who everyone thinks is good and people like. Um, so I'm not super concerned just yet, but it is something to keep an eye on. So I don't know how you would classify that. I'm leaning on the nothing side of it, though. Saquon Barkley. Okay. As a Giants fan, this is my thoughts on what happened in this game every single time Saquon was out there it was clear they were going to give him the ball 
and the Broncos keyed in on that. And if you've watched Saquon enough, you will understand that he is big play hunting. He Barry Sanders did this. I'm not saying he's Barry Sanders, but that's like his idol, a guy who he really looks up to. And you could see a lot of his play style in Saquon, where he's always trying to make guys miss and like trying to turn every three yard run into a 70 yard touchdown. Now that hurt him because this week the Broncos were keyed in on him every single time he was out there. He was trying to break the big one every single time he touched the ball and he's just trying to play hero ball. He just, he doesn't take the four yards, three, four yards and just kind of fall forward. Um, That's just not who he is. I'm not concerned yet. I'm putting it in nothing. They have another tough matchup. I mean, they're playing against the Broncos next week. They have uh, this upcoming Thursday. They have Washington. He might be a guy who you maybe want to go trade for after next week. He's probably going to put up another lackluster game. They're still not going to be a hundred percent use of him yet. So yeah, I'm not concerned. I just think it might take a couple of weeks before you're really happy with the investment that you made in him. Hmm. I think it is something and not for Barkley reasons. I think it's Jason Garrett. Well, yeah, that's a whole other issue. I think but. it's Jason Garrett. I think the, writing's been on the wall for a while that his offensive philosophy is not it's not up to speed with the NFL today I think the Giants could be a good offense too someone's got to take over the play calling you can't just have this idea that three plays gets you a first down you got to open up the field you got to get guys in motion you got to have pre-snap reads pre-snap audibles you got to make the things confusing for the defense but if I know you're going to go run run pass or, you know, run, pass, pass, whatever it is, just trying to pick up, like, small yardage, I'm never going to worry about you hitting me deep. And I'm going to be all over your all over your backfield when we're doing that. That's a big concern for me, but I really think they have the shell for a good offense. Kenny Galladay looked good, you said. He had a couple of really good contested catches. That's who he is. They didn't he's use a, him till the end. He's they a didn't contested use him till catch garbage. guy. They got to use him during the game. Even Shepard, he was, he was productive. Um, yeah, that's the alarm for me. It's not Barkley. It's Jason Garrett. Yeah. I, sorry that we keep kind of going on here about the giants, but so, okay. Slayton had a big catch early in the game, deep ball. Galladay, you see it late in the game. They start throwing him deep ins, deep outs. He's making these sick contested catches. You got Sterling Shepard in the slot. I'm with you. They need to open it up more. I thought last year it was because of their lack of playmakers as well as just how good the defense was, and they didn't totally trust Daniel Jones yet. Now, I don't know if it's a Daniel Jones thing. I don't know if it's a Jason Garrett thing. It might be a combination of both, which I think is probably likely. Um, I'm just – I'm sick of Jason Garrett already. It took one game into his second season for me to officially be done with him. I was giving him the benefit of the doubt last year, <laughs> wanting to see him when he had a full, a full arsenal of weapons, and he has it, and he's still calling plays like a bitch. Like, I don't – he's – Calling yeah, scared and I, and I'm just like I'm sick of it. So I'm okay. I want him gone. We want him out. Yeah, but Whew. next one up, we'll stay we'll stay in division. Speaking of Jason Garrett, his old team Cowboys, Zeke Elliott, something or nothing. Him really not doing anything besides block Thursday night. I do I do think that they wasted a lot of money on him. Yeah, but that's not. But I don't think his situation is as something as a Barkley situation. 
There was a really good bit that came out about Dak Prescott checking out of the run into pass like over 50% of the of the called runs against the Buccaneers. I think that shows more creativity in the Cowboys offense to adapt to the game situation and open up the passing offense a little, a little bit more, right. A little bit better against a, a very good run defense. I mean, Vita Vea, Dominic and Sue were eating all, all of them were eating Zeke's breakfast or his lunch. We like to say eating his lunch, but we know Zeke loves a cereal bowl. I think it's nothing. I think against lighter rush defenses and better game scripts, they're going to have the chance to ride him a little bit more. But that game did not call for that. And they almost won because of it. So I think that everything the Cowboys did was completely right. I mean, they were at a game field goal away from winning the football game. Yeah, so I agree. It's nothing. I think it's a combination of Vita Vea in the middle and Dominican Sue. Like, that's a very good run defense. You're talking about the game script. They were playing from behind most of the game. And also... The Buccaneers' secondary is their quote-unquote weakness on defense, and they lost, what, two starters mid-game? So, yeah, obviously you're going to keep throwing the ball. You're missing Zach Martin already in the game. Zeke is a great pass blocker. I mean, I don't. It, that's not the only reason why they paid him, but part of the reason why you pay a guy like that is because you know in pass protection he's going to hold up. He's going to be great. Like that is our, like one of his strengths as a player. So sure. I, I think it's nothing. I'm not super concerned about it. Um, I would just be ready to, uh, that's another guy. Maybe see if you can go get him for cheap. Yeah. hundred percent. Give it another week. All right. This one also, I feel like is an important one for you. Uh, Derek Henry, something or nothing. I think it might be something. I think the Titans might stink this year. <laughs> I, dude I was very I don't know why I was like hey I'm kind of fading the Titans offense and pass catchers because they lost Arthur Smith I didn't put any credence to that with Derrick Henry now in his defense he did the same type of thing last year where he didn't really get going until probably week week three week four I could be wrong I'm looking up his game log from last year yeah, I mean, 16 points, 8 points, and then he had 27. So he's a little bit of a notorious slow starter, so I'm not I'm not concerned yet, but it is something I'm definitely keeping my eye on is just the Titans might suck. And if they stink, he's not going to be on the field running the ball as much because they're going to have to be playing catch-up. Obviously, they've added a guy like Julio Jones. You're going to be looking to pass the ball a little bit more. So mm. I'm a little bit concerned if I'm being honest. Am I overthinking it here? Maybe. I think Julio got some Megatron treatment from Tannehill. He was forcing it almost. Yeah. I think he really was uh, trying to get him the football. Um, kind of like Darren Waller was force fed by Derek yeah. Carr. It was not pretty Monday night football. And of course I fell asleep when the game like picked up. Um, mm-hmm. I think I fell asleep and it was like 17, 10. And that was late third. Like I, I really, I was straining. I had one eye open trying to finish up the game. I had a lot of fantasy matches on the line, but uh, in the beginning, Carr was ugly. He had not, Well, yeah. Waller had 19 targets. I also think that Tannehill looked, I thought looked really bad this weekend. He just looked uncomfortable. Obviously, I mean, when you got Taylor Jones breathing down your neck for five sacks, just sunning Taylor Lewan, like I get it. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, Luan said he's going to be better moving forward, so I, I hope that's the case and gets okay. Tannehill more time, and obviously that'll help Henry. But, yeah, I have concerns about the offensive line. I have concerns about Tannehill now without Arthur Smith. So I, I'd be lying if I said I felt great about Derrick Henry and the trade I just made. But We'll see. Not going to overreact. Yeah, I mean, this is just a week one overreaction pod for the most part. Like, all these takes could just look dumb when four weeks, when we're just like, oh, we freaked out. Right. Uh, give see. me one more, and then uh, um, I got one more here on the list. Najee Harris. Yeah. So we got Najee Harris. You people spent high draft capital on. I know him, Butter. He was a first round pick. Um, how are you feeling about him right now? Are you concerned about his lack of production, or are you just kind of going to wait and see with him? I'm excited about his volume. I'm not excited about the Steelers offensive line. All the narratives that we saw preseason coming to fruition. Mm -hmm. I mean, he would have to put up statistically the least efficient fantasy football season and not finish top 12 with the volume he's going to see. Right. So I lean more towards the side of it's nothing. We need to see them kind of click a little bit more. We need to see him get a little bit more efficient. Step one, let's get the volume in there. I'm happy about that. Step two, let's get more efficient. Let's open up some holes. Let's get him in space a little bit so he can he can do what he does. I think he's a very good running back. So uh, not worried. I'm cautiously optimistic, as Coach Savatic used to say. I'm yeah. cautiously optimistic that we're gonna be we're gonna be okay here. So I think that this was always what we were signing up for with Najee is, hey, look, offensive line kind of sucks. Ben sucks. Defense is very good, though, and he's going to touch the ball a lot. And you know what happened this weekend? Offensive line stunk. Ben wasn't great. Defense was awesome, and he touched the ball a lot. He, I think he got what? It was either 100% of the snaps or I know at least 100% of the touches all went to Najee. Yep. And that's what you're signing up for. I mean, he's going to yep. be a bell cow. Is he maybe not going to hit the ceiling of a top four running back that some people might think he, he could based on his volume? He may not, but it's going to be a guy who you're going to put out there every single week. You know, hey, volume, volume, volume. That's all you're looking for out of him. That's what he's going to get. So I'm not concerned. I think he – I feel the best about Najee compared to the other guys who we've talked about. I don't know. How do you, how do you feel about him compared to some of the other guys who we talked about? Yeah, I, I think I think I'm on that side too. I, I feel yeah. great about it. And I also feel great about the Steelers defense getting right back to normal. I mean, you go into Buffalo and do what they did. I, I on Sunday, I think that was really that was really good by them. And they're gonna be home hosting the Raiders in in week two. You got guys like Tyson Williams gashing them in the first half. That is going to be a wonderful bounce back. Very juicy, very ripe matchup for Najee Harris at home. Positive game script. I can see 20 plus PPR coming from Najee this this week. That's going to be that. That might even be like a DFS look for me in week two. Is that home matchup against the Raiders? I really like that. I think that's juicy. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate that take. I, I would agree with him probably being a good uh, a good DFS guy to look at. Um, but while we're speaking of Tyson Williams, I know we got him here 
We have a little segment for a trade for or a trade away. If you have Tyson Williams right now, what are you doing with him? Are you holding? Are you looking to maybe trade him, capitalize on the vo- the value? If you don't have him, are you looking to go trade for him? And if so, like what would you give up? Redraft, I'm not trading for him. I'm not making very many redraft trades. He's probably on your waiver wire. Redraft, depending on how shallow the league is. Here's the situation that I can kind of outline. If I am not competing in Dynasty this year, I'm trying to get him off my roster as soon as possible. Try and cash in on something now for him because he's only going to lose value. I mean, next year, right? Gus Edwards coming off ACL. J.K. Dobbins coming off ACL. What is it going to be another competition? And he's and he's buried again. What are you going to be getting next year, Tyson Williams? There's a window here for sell if you're not competing. I'm not personally buying because I think he's going to be too expensive for what people are going to be selling for. So there's a really, really fine dance of like that one situation of where he's a trade. He's a sell in that. Does that make sense? That situation I'm outlining. Okay. So dynasty, if you have them and someone offers you a second, are you taking that? Yes. Would you pay a second for him if you are a competing team? And let's say you had, no. You had the JK. Let's say you had JK and Gus. And now you're like, okay, I need a running back. And you're saying, hey, look, like I might be a running back three away from competing. I, I think I would be willing to give up a second for him just for the upside of being in that backfield for what it could be. Now, I would also be trying to get Latavius Murray. He played a lot in that second half. Um could be a guy to kind of kind of look at potentially taking that lead role. I think eventually there is going to be one guy who is like the alpha of that running back room who is going to not win leagues, but help a lot of teams make a make a playoff run. Here's my situation or my take. I think if you're trading for Tyson Williams as a as a buy to help you win now, I I, I don't think you're actually in a win now position. Tyson Williams doesn't scream to me the guy that's going to make or break my fantasy season. It's, it's not one of those guys that gets me over the hump. I think you're actually in you're in your rosters in bigger trouble. If you think he's filling a gap as like a, I mean, running back three, right. That might not even be that valuable in some, in some formats. I, I, that's where, that's where I lean on the side of I'm not buying, but if I have him and I'm not competing and I need a pick for next year, get rid of him as soon as you can. I think he only loses value depending on him, Latavius Murray, Le'Veon Bell's on the practice squad. He's probably going to suit up by next week once he gets his feet under him. And then by Freeman. next year. And Freeman, yeah. I wasn't really too worried about him. No. But then by next him year, and- you know what I mean? Where are we going, right? It, yeah. what, where are we going with that backfield? So there's a very small window and a very small piece of upside for, for success here to, to win a championship with him yeah i just i i think if i'm competing and if you lost jk and then you lost gus and you're just like hey look like i need a depth of running back piece at this point those are obviously valuable i would be looking to go and go and try and trade for him just because it's a guy who in a pinch you could start bye weeks injuries whatever it is i would feel comfortable putting him out there and those are hard to find right now for running backs there's not a ton of guys who who are like that so I would be willing to give up a second rounder if I think my team is a competitor this year to get Tyson Williams if I had the uh, if I had JK and Gus. Yeah, and I think that's fair. 
I think uh, it's just, uh, you know, you have to just say, say goodbye to that pick. You know what I mean? Yeah. You give it up or whatever you buy oh, for yeah. him because you better make you sure him, it's a rental. It's a rental yeah. big time. Um, yeah. Before we continue trade for trade away, I need to vent for a second. Okay. That's what we're here for. We haven't talked about this yet, but 12.50 p.m. on a Sunday, 10 minutes before kickoff in the midst of chaos in a, in a household. If we're going to tweet out that DeAndre Swift is not the starter and it's Jamal Williams and he's taking a back seat, people are going to listen and they are going to react to that information. By God, if you if you weren't paying attention and you're a Swift manager, roster, whatever, you lucked out. You kept him in your lineup. If you listened to the report and you said, ah, you know what? Just Jamal Williams, Swift backseat, Niners defense. Oh, I'm fading the entire Lions offense at that point because whatever, maybe deep leagues like War Room, you leave Jamal Williams and you need a guy in your third flex. Unbelievable. I mean, Swift himself, that that you cost you week one fantasy-wise. You lose your match because of that. Listening to the news, be better. Moving forward, DeAndre Swift is healthy. That is something, and that's a take. Yeah, I think, though, in this opportunity where you are angry, there is a positive to be pulled out of this. DeAndre Swift is healthy. Well, yes, there's that. I also think both guys are startable. I know. That's dangerous. Uh, they, led, they, led the, they led the team, and they both led the team in targets and catches after Hawkinson. You know why? I believe. Let me let me double check that. Well, I know they were playing from behind. They're going to be playing from behind in a lot of games. They don't have any healthy wide receivers. I mean, not healthy, but they don't have any, like, known commodities at wide receiver. Like, Tyrell Williams, sure, he's flashed, but. You got two of them. What's number three? Oh, Jared Goff, just like. Nope. What is it? Okay, fine. Number three. You don't got number four. Anthony Lynn. I was going to say. Offensive coordinator. Come on. How many targets did Austin Eckler get under Anthony Lynn? He knows nothing other than starting from behind the line of scrimmage, dump it off to your running backs, and try and pick up a chunk play. Anthony Lynn is a Jason Garrett clone. He's a sucker. And that is why both of these guys are going to be fantasy relevant. He does not push the football down the field. DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, 20 combined targets. Are you kidding me? And if one of these guys gets banged up, you got a weekly, weekly top five running back on passing volume alone. Weekly. Yeah. I was just going to say, I got the targets up here. Swift hit 11. Yep. TJ Hawkinson at 10. Yep. Jamal Love Williams that. at nine. The next closest Bang. guy was Quintez Cephas with seven. So like. Okay. That's not yeah, bad I mean, either. You, no, 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 no. Cephas. Something to keep an eye on for Dynasty. I mean, he had a touchdown, but he converted those seven targets for three catches for 12 yards. So maybe don't don't <laughs> go running to pick him up or, or trade for him. Seven yeah. Jared Goff targets aren't seven Tyreek Hill targets. Agreed. Speaking but, of Tyreek Hill, massive boom from him. Come on now. That's amazing. Um, all right. So, I, had to, I had to cut in. Ooh. I had the vent. 1250 news bits. They lose you fantasy games in week one. It's unfortunate. Let's do, let's do one more trade for trade away. We hit on Zeke. We hit on uh, Saquon in something or nothing last trade for trade away. It's another guy in the, in the something or nothing segment. Go trade for Brandon Ayuk in D- dynasty. 
I was going to say I had two names for Dynasty who I want to trade for. Ayuk and also Jerry Judy. I know we were him. talking about it yeah. earlier. Jerry Judy, now he's going to be out eight weeks. If the if his like manager is like, hey, a little concerned, or hey, maybe they want a guy who can compete. If I could trade away a veteran right now, if I'm not a team that's competing, and get back Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy looked incredible against the Giants. Yep. He was open the entire time. I thought he like broke his ankle like really, really badly. Now it's just a bad sprain. He's going to be out six weeks, four to six, six or saying six to eight. Yeah. I actually lean on the side of eight. longer, longer. Keep it longer. Yeah. Make sure, yeah. make sure he's good. But yeah. Judy is a guy for me who dynasty wise, I'm looking to acquire redraft. It sucks. I, th- I think you're just, if you have an IR spot, you're putting him on there. Um, yeah. But you're not, I'm not looking to get him there. I, uh, uh, we're not getting him from Mike Lucas in the melting pot. His team's too good. He doesn't need a veteran to yeah. slot in. He's got a no. saw machine going on over there, but no. yeah, I think you're going to, you, you might be able to slip a trade your way in your favor for Jerry Judy. It's going to still be hard to pry him away. He's going to be a top regarded as a top five route runner in the NFL within like the next two to three years. Like he's going to be a perennial Keenan Allen type, Stefan Diggs type, um, cutting him up. I mean, and, and with the accuracy of Teddy, I'll keep harping on it. It's boring. He's a not the most exciting quarterback, but he gets the football where it needs to go. And Judy seemed to be in the perfect spot at all times in week one. Like he played yeah. phenomenally. And it was a fluke injury too. We got rolled up on, right? It looked behind. bad. Yeah. They kept showing the replay too because it was a fumble, but like I don't blame him for fumbling. But while we're talking about him, I mean, we got a couple guys here. We're, we're going to go through free agency. By the time a lot of you guys are listening to this, waivers will have run. But just want to throw a couple guys out there. Throw them your way. If, hey, these guys weren't picked up, maybe you go go check free agency. See if they're available. Should we number one, fire? I mean, yeah, I mean, Elijah Mitchell, number one by yep. far. We haven't even talked about the Mostert injury. Mostert out for the rest of the year. Trey Sermon was a surprise inactive on uh. Sunday. This kind of plays in with the whole reason why I think they may have been treating this game like Alabama versus South Carolina state is because they just kept this guy inactive, but Elijah Mitchell looked good at over a hundred could be a sneaky guy, but he'll probably be picked up tonight. Um, up next, I would say Tim Patrick or KJ Hamler or both, both. guys, maybe both, yeah. honestly. Yep. One um, comment on, on Trey Sermon. He's probably going to be active next week. And then that throws the game plan right into the dirt with Kyle Shanahan, it's like you almost wish you were in a league that was just team running back. Um, you know what I mean? So, yeah, that's just uh, one of those things where he'll definitely throw a wrinkle in the Elijah Mitchell stonks. Um, let's rapid fire him. Get through, I think, free agency, last call, redraft on Tyson Williams. Cardinals offense, Christian Kirk back in. Yeah. Rondell Moore, deeper yes. PPR. I like Zach- more. Me too. Zach Pascal, give him yeah. a look. Yeah. And uh and Trent Sherfield. He won clearly won the job. Um, uh, and I think that he's gonna be a, he's gonna be a guy to look for all, all year long. Those are just a couple names besides just Elijah Mitchell. Everybody's gonna be talking Mitchell. Go get yourself a Broncos pass catcher. Last segment, last but not least, a little bit of a glimpse in the week two. A lot of good things to look forward to. We got Giants football coming on Thursday, taking on Washington football team. That'll be a pod watch for our very own Connor Boddington. And then we have 430 Sunday Chargers Cowboys. I am 
elated for an offensive showing that could be the DFS game breaker of the week. Yeah. We were talking about it earlier. I mean, Herbert, Herbert Keenan going to smash um, deep punt. Even though I don't know how deep it is, but Jalen Guyton is a guy who I like for DFS. And you're just looking for, just looking for a long bomb. And if there's a team to give it up, it would be the Cowboys. Um, all right. Now, what game are you looking most forward to though? Besides our own Niners Eagles and Niners had some injuries last week running back some defensive injuries. I'm actually really curious to see. It's a great week two test for Jalen Hurts. This is a big game. And I think it's got, I think it's got legs and I'll definitely be tuning in as closely as I can to that game. I'm, I'm looking forward to this one a lot. Yeah. I think that if uh, you and I probably both had our questions and still do about Hurts, we thought he looked very good this weekend, but we want to see, is it, Hey, the Falcons are this bad, or is it, hey, the Eagles are this good, or is it somewhere in the middle? Is it a combination of both? Um, but I think, like you're saying, this is going to be a good test for uh, for Hurts and, and to see what's going on. Um, I think the game I'm most looking forward to, I think it's probably going to be New Orleans, Carolina. You know, Carolina is kind of my my second team, I think, this year. I, I've been behind them. Even though I hate – it's weird, though, because I don't like Sam Darnold. I just – I like the Panthers' defense. I like their skill guys. I think Darnold is good enough that they could potentially look to, like, squeeze away an NFC uh, wildcard spot because I think NFC West is going to cannibalize itself. I think the NFC North stinks. I think the NFC East stinks. So if I had to pick right now a dark horse wildcard NFC team now that there's seven playoff teams, I'm going the Panthers. Mm. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's a hot take, but right now I I know it's been one game. I think they have the pieces on that roster, and Sam Darnold can be good enough to help make them the seven seed. Christian McCaffrey is kind of Mike Trout esque, isn't he? You know, he's just yeah. perennially, 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 perennially uh, whatever. You guys know what we're trying to say. Perennially. Best fantasy running back in football. He's a great running back, but he's really just not on a playoff team. Running backs don't win. Get this is why the you don't draft a running back in the top ten. Uh, McCaffrey is almost like the best example of a top ten running back who's really hit. Obviously, you have Zeke too. Question marks are still out though about Saquon. Obviously, Fournette probably hasn't hit that ceiling that we were hoping for, but. McCaffrey is putting up these otherworldly numbers and they can't even sniff the playoffs. So they can't even sniff I, the end zone. He's and he's I know. still doing it. I know. Oh. I think though, I do like the Panthers this year. I think the NFC stinks. I think the AFC is significantly better conference. Um, but I am uh I like that Panther Saints game. Let's see if uh let's see how they do against a team. I assume Carolina is gonna put up more of an effort than the Packers did this weekend, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's a game I'm avoiding. Monday Night Football. Lions I, on the road at the Packers. Come on. That's just like, that's like, that's like Ravens, Raiders. Come on. They better do something. And that, that game was overtime, though. That game I know, was in I know. overtime. I fell asleep. I fell asleep because it was painful. And I woke yeah. up to the final score being 33-27 OT. It was a wild ending, too. I it was It was crazy. I think right now, early pick, I do like Detroit plus 11. I don't know. That could be crazy. I think they might cover that 11, though. I Imagine don't. if they go undefeated against the spread this year just because they're always wildly chasing. Yeah. I could uh, honestly, I could see that. Um, I think fantasy wise, I'm definitely targeting Tampa Bay guys this week. I'd feel comfortable starting all three wide receivers. I'm starting Gronk. 
running back wise, I mean, that's a roulette wheel. They're talking about Rojo being the starter this week and that he's out of the doghouse. I would probably say to avoid that as much as possible. But if a running back does smash for Tampa and you pick right, you're going to be in good shape. Um, hey, I was kind of right about the Bucks Thursday when we recorded last week. Every asset, startable, wrong, Godwin, yeah. Brown. Running Boy, backs, really, no. No, definitely not the running backs. Fournette, Fournette and a PPR got you five catches. and you're like, No okay. Geo, no Geo. Yeah. Man, uh, we really went off the deep end on this pod. We got, we're talking Lions comebacks against the spread. We might have to just get right to week two. What What are you thinking? Yeah, I, I'm trying to think. Buffalo-Miami is also an interesting game, too. I felt like both teams probably – I mean, I know the Bills disappointed. I felt Miami, like, it's good that you go in there and you win that game with two up, but they didn't look great, and they pretty much only won because of a Damian Harris fumble. Mm. So, definitely, uh, I'm very interested in that. Obviously, you got Jets going up against the Pats. Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, first of many, hopefully. Um, but I, I think the Patriots win that one pretty easily. Hmm. Um, what mm. other uh, what other games kind of stand out to you on the slate this upcoming weekend? Uh, I'm not really looking forward to Broncos Jags. I think you can smash the Broncos D this week. Yep. Until until Urban Meyer's gone, whenever that is, uh, I'm avoiding. I'm avoiding the Jags. I just I I don't think I I just think that's a really bad situation. Uh, Texans at the Browns is, is iffy. That makes me really really like Nick Chubb. DFS this week, just kind of like face value, taking a look. And that's 12 really, and a half. That's it. Cleveland. That's the slate. I mean, Cardinals home against the Vikings. That could be another smash week for Kyler Murray. Now that like I'm really kind of going like game by game here, DFS is going to be DFS is a lottery system. If you haven't been paying attention, this is going to be a tough week to pick the, these games. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a very, very tough week. Um, I haven't even looked yet at pricing, so forgive me on that. But I think later we'll this tweet week, out. I'll be diving in. Yeah, yeah, later in this week, Friday into Saturday, we'll we'll both make sure we're tweeting out a couple guys who we like on each uh, each platform. So give us Agreed. a follow on Twitter and uh, follow along as we uh, go through, give out some of our picks, and then yep. obviously you can cold takes exp- or old takes expose us when we're wrong. Love it. So Twitter at the Churn FF. If you're gonna follow Connor's picks, Taylor's picks at Connor Bods underscore FF. Follow me at JDFran14. Anything else from you? Good, good recap. Good episode. A lot of fun, a lot of chaos. It's been a pleasure being on here tonight with you. I was just gonna say, we started off with two trades in war. We started off with the trade in war room. Two more have gone down since the podcast, uh, since we started recording. Do we want to hit on those real quick on the these two war rooms? It's a bonanza. I think we got to put some Twitter polls up. I know. So we let got the people speak. Uh, so we got Cole Beasley, Derek Carr, Elijah Mitchell, Kadarius Tony, a 2022 first round pick being traded for Tyler Lockett and Joe Burrow. My instant thoughts is the Burrow Lockett side is significantly better than Beasley, Carr, Mitchell, Tony. I agreed. Carr, who knows how much longer he's going to be starting? Cole Beasley. I, I hate Cole Beasley. Um, Same. I, I just I, no player pisses me off more in the NFL than he does. Over. Um, let's see. Elijah Mitchell, you know me. I love Elijah Mitchell. Uh, let's kind of pump the brakes here. Kadarius Tony. I just don't, I don't trust the giants right now. So good luck. Yeah. Good luck. I, I texted Kyle and I said, you better go look for Mariota. 
Carr's going to get benched halfway through the season. Um, you just saw DJ Chark for a first and a second, or was it a yep. first and a third? I, I love that. First for and you. second. Yeah, yeah, I was very happy. Good cash in. Tags, they're in trouble. My team stinks. It's so a I bonanza get... on the churn, and you are a benefactor, my friend. I am. I got to go start watching film on Spencer Rattler and uh, Howell from North Carolina. I got a couple guys I got to start looking at so I can. Uh, you better follow Ray Q because uh, I don't think I those know. are the guys anymore. He's been watching a ton of film. Go. That's a, that's a, no, play. I know. Go yeah. get your dynasty. Uh, with, well, Levi will Levi. They like, see, him. I, I've been liking Malik Willis. I think that might be the guy who, who sneaky works his way into the top five next year in drafts. Um, but we got a long way to go. So that's right. it for me though. I'm all set. Well, let me tell you what, if you made a trade this week, you know, the drill it's week two coming up on the NFL and fantasy football, you know, the drill, you set your lineups leagues. Oh.